Hey, this is Ollie, and welcome to The Body Reset. This podcast is being built to help career-driven professionals and business owners intelligently upgrade their body, energy, and personal performance in the modern world. I want to help uncover some of the core concepts, beliefs, and frameworks that we've used with thousands of clients to navigate health and performance as we age. If you want more like this, simply subscribe so you never miss the newest episode. Hey everyone, in today's video, I want to walk you through an uncommon food structure to help with dropping body fat and improving energy. Now, the reason I say it's uncommon is because nobody's doing it. We focus so much on the restrictive diet and losing body fat in the short term. But if your goal is a bit more long term, you want to improve your energy, you want to improve how your body functions and really start to strip off that weight around the waist as you do so, then this structure might be beneficial. Now, the big part of this that I find most frustrating and typically most confusing for most people is that it's not about more information. It's about more relevance to age and stage. So I want to design and build this training as with all of our trainings inside Body Reset towards if you're a high functioning human in your mid 40s and 50s, if you're seeing your body shift, you're not seeing the body respond like it used to and what used to work is no longer working. That is what this video is designed for. So if what's currently working is still working, keep doing it. But if you're seeing some shifts and you're unsure what to change, this is really where I want to help because fundamentally the dieting space is really going to be focusing on one of three areas of restriction and that is all those diets will do. The first restriction is going to be a restriction of certain food groups. Are we looking at cutting out carbs? Are we looking at cutting out certain inflammatory markers? Are we going to look at cutting out meat? There's all of these restrictions around the types of food that we might remove. The second is going to be a restriction of timing windows or fasting, right? It's become super common because it's really simple but fundamentally what we're doing is we're restricting the windows as to when we can eat. And then lastly, we're looking at restricting calories. So maybe it's less about quality, but overall caloric intake that allows us to drop body fat. And fundamentally, it works because what it's doing is it's creating a gap between what you're burning and what you are eating. Now, the big problem here is that it works, but for how long? It might work for four weeks, maybe six weeks, but it gets to a certain point where it no longer has the same impact. So I want to walk you through a really brief visual and a very simple visual of what I mean by this. And that's simply that when we go through, say we're currently burning at uh, 1800 calories and we move our plan down to that 1200 calories. So a really decent restriction. I see this super regularly, but ultimately what's happening is there's a a drop in calories overall, right? So what's happening here is that we're now getting a discrepancy of say 600 calories that allows us to drop body fat. But as you can see with this red line, Over time, our body adjusts, and this is our metabolic rate adjusting to a lower caloric intake. Now, that's a survival mechanism. That's going to keep doing that as a natural way to look after the body, because if you went into a survival state, your body would adjust. It wouldn't just keep dropping body fat. If it's noticing it's not getting enough food to fuel the body, it's going to now get to a point where it's it's stubborn. It's holding onto body fat. It's holding it there as a protective mechanism. And we see this so often with pl- plenty of people that are under eating, and they get to a place where they're no, no longer able to drop any more body fat, even though they're eating hardly anything. So this is really not a spot you want to get to. Now, the shift that I want to make and the adre- the the focus of really body reset in general is trying to look at increasing that metabolic output so that we can actually build up to a degree. Now, what we're doing is we're still creating a deficit in regards to we're burning 
more than we're consuming, but we're doing it in what I see as a lot more healthy way because we're creating that discrepancy through improving that engine, improving how things are function, functioning. And if you've seen or, or listened to any of our Body Reset uh, trainings over the last you know, 10 years, there's going to be an awareness towards addressing your gut health, reducing, re addressing overall inflammation and stress and sleep and recovery and all these components of health. And the reason I find that really you know, vital to what's happening is Fat loss is probably not your only goal. You probably want to feel strong and healthy and confident and focused and energetic. All of these areas that allow us to really see that health is becoming something we want and something we enjoy rather than it simply being about dropping body fat. And when we look at it that way, when we start to get the body healthy, then fat loss becomes a byproduct. Our body starts to get back on our side. And if you're seeing those shifts, it becomes a fantastic place to start. So the th second thing I want to share with you is this concept of that metabolic rate. Where does that really come from? Now, everything that we really address is going to come down to one of these areas. Now, that metabolic rate, as I said, is you know 80% of our trainings, which fundamentally is 80% of this pie, is a concept of that gut health, a concept of muscle mass and weight training. It's going to be an awareness of your recovery and stress tolerance. But the one I want to really highlight, because this is the one, and hence why it's an uncommon part of training, is that TEF, which is your thermic effect from food. That concept of from the actual way that we structure meals can have a significant impact on our body's ability to be able to burn more body fat, to look and feel the way you want. And it's the one that's missed the most because we focus on exercising more. You know, as you've watched a couple more of the Body Reset videos, there's an awareness towards gut health. But what we're looking for here is trying to make sure that we're building into more of how we're actually placing and structuring the meals over the day. And I see this be a real mistake as we start being like, oh, well, we don't need dairy and gluten and now I'm better. Well, am I actually looking at some level of recovery? So the first one I want to really address is an awareness of your protein intake. Now, the reason I bring this up from a purely from a fat loss standpoint, not to mention the recovery and immune system benefits is that up to one third of the protein that you consume is actually burnt while digesting because it's rather metabolically expensive to break down, meaning that it demands a lot of energy for the body to break down proteins. Now, the first part of that is you need to address a level of digestive capacity to make sure your body's healthy enough to break these foods down. But in doing so, what you're noticing is that it's very hard to put body fat on if you're, if you're eating a high level of protein because you feel fuller quicker, you feel satiated for longer and it really allows less wiggle room for other sort of low processed foods on the, the meal. It also allows a nice threshold of are you actually hungry or are you eating out of convenience? Because if you're not hungry enough to have a meal that's protein based or even meat based, you're probably not hungry. There's another emotion or a pain that you're trying to alleviate, i.e. boredom or stress or focus. Procrastination starts to come in. So an awareness of uh, protein-based meals starts to allow some level of structure that's not just crackers and cheese or popcorn or something that's come out of the pantry. It actually has to be a dedicated meal. And that discussion I have every single week is creating structure in those meals, getting you to a place where you're, you're an you're consuming enough protein in order to recover, in order to fuel the body well, but it also becomes a fantastic benefit as an anchor towards being able to drop body fat. Now, the goal here, and, and if you have been a chronic dieter and you have got to the point that you say, Ollie, I'm having lots of protein, I'm literally only having protein and veggies. Now, a slight side tangent here is that you do want to be making sure that you're still having energy with meals, i.e., some fats or carbs with each meal so that your body is able to utilize and break that down as an energy source because if you're only eating protein and veggies one you're probably eating a very low caloric amount 
But two, there's no energy really available. So what your body does is break the proteins down to actually utilize it as glucose, which means your body's not able to access or utilize the protein and therefore amino acids as it should, but starts to use that at its main energy source, which is incredibly inefficient and you're not going to feel particularly good. So making sure that you're still fueling the body, we talk about this a lot, it's not about restricting, but about fueling uh, alongside an adequate amount of protein in the day. Now, the question probably comes up here, what is an adequate amount of protein? Now, something we typically work towards, and again, this is relevant more towards if you're in your mid 40s and 50s, you're at least exercising a couple times a week or more, is we look to aim for a 1.8 to 2 grams per kilo of body weight, up to about 100 kilos, and then I would just cap it at 200 grams per day, unless you know there's a significant amount of muscle mass there. So what that allows for is, I'm going to assume most people are really only consuming 50 to maybe 80 grams of protein in a day. So it becomes quite an intentional next step and looking after your digestive health being able to break down those nutrients with potentially some initial assistance with some digestive enzymes we could look at simply breathing your state when eating all of that help to make sure that we can increase that protein load as a nice anchor towards your meals all right so the first one i want to really bring up to increase your thermic effect of food i.e burning more from what you're already doing by increasing the amount of protein in your meals, what you're doing is it creates it's a it's it's harder for your body to break down, i.e., it's more energy expended in order to do so. The second one I want to bring up is ultimately the uh, timing of food throughout the day. I've seen that you know fasting is becoming a really really big thing, and I can see why. It's very simple to do. A lot of people that were too busy to eat in the morning are now justifying that this is a health pursuit rather than the fact that they're just not allocating time for them in the morning. Now, again, if fasting's working for you, don't bring out the pitchforks, keep doing what you're doing. But if what's not working is no longer working, I want to keep this video as relevant to if you're in your mid-40s and 50s and it's something that you need to shift to see some change because what's currently working needs to shift or you're not seeing it respond. Looking at reducing that eating window rather than increasing it is something I may suggest because what we see a lot of time is that typically an eating window anywhere from about 12 to 14 hours becomes or seems to be more of a sweet spot than pushing towards 16, 18 plus. Now, the first part of that is, you know, if we come back to the first part of this, which is your protein calculation, it becomes really, really hard to get, you know, 100 plus grams of protein in one meal, not to mention quite stressful on the digestive tract. So placing this over three or four, maybe five, but not particularly regularly, three or four meals is a lot more likely for you to be able to hit that protein intake for your day rather than trying to do it all in one meal. The second part of that is really try visualize this as stoking the fire, right? If you just put one log on there and that's the only thing you do all night, you'll see that that fire really starts to dwindle really down to a light you know, glow. If we look at stirring that fire every couple of hours, putting another, another log on there, getting more burning, it's exactly what's happening in your metabolism. There's a stoking up of that metabolism happening by an increase in frequency of meals. Now, I do think this goes too far. And if you are someone who's you know snacking and grazing and it ends up being six, seven, eight plus meals, I don't think that's as beneficial for this type of audience for, for where you're at right now. But being able to look at this at three or four times a day becomes more of a, and I would lean towards more four meals rather than just a structured three to make sure that we're stoking the fire a little bit more regularly throughout the day. So we're giving ourselves at least you know three, maybe four hours in between meals to allow it to digest and still giving your, 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 your digestive tract to, to utilize that fuel, but not so infrequently that it's just twice a day and you're letting that fire go down to adjust a glow. All right, so an awareness of overall uh, frequency of meal is gonna be a really, really strong anchor, not only to hit the protein intake to help improve that 
thermic effect from protein, but the second part is actually the increased frequency of meals and increased frequency of stoking that fire. The third one I want to go through here, so first one is increased protein intake, second one is frequency of meals, last one is going to be the timing of carbohydrates. Now one of the things that is really really common and something we hear all the time and certainly see in practice is that carbohydrates just stick to me. As soon as I have carbohydrates, I either feel sleepy or I feel like I get heavier and it's just not working for me. Now, if you're on the female side and you've gone through perimenopause or you've seen some hormonal shifts, you've seen a decline in hormones, you're going to notice that there's a decrease in insulin sensitivity, right? And this is something that's super common. It doesn't mean that carbs are bad. It just means that you need to be more mindful of what type of carbohydrates you're having in your day, meaning are they more refined and high GI I, I, in regards to uh, quickly released in the body and causing these spikes and a lot of un unhelpful steps there? Or are they more low glycemic and well sustained throughout the day? So your long grain rices, your sweet potato, potato, quinoa, that space where you're able to get a lot more sort of sustained energy from the carbohydrates. On the male side, it's actually the same, but it's more elongated, if you will. Testosterone tends to decrease anywhere from about 30 to 35, but for most men, they start to really start to see this hit them 45 to 50. All right, so females, 40 to 45, it starts to make a real difference. 45 to 50, that's very overgeneralized, but typically the themes that we see, the problem is the same which is your body is not utilizing carbohydrates like it used to. You tend to hold it around your waist rather than use, use it as energy. So something that we've seen to be really effective and we've practiced with a lot of clients now is timing nutrition differently to be able to program our body to use fats as fuel at some point in the day. Now, I want to really highlight that the goal here is not to only use fats as fuel. I don't see keto as your primary diet most of the year. If you've got epilepsy, if you've had a concussion, uh, if it's a, for a very short time frame, maybe around surgery, I've seen these to be sometimes effective. Less so surgery because I've seen more higher protein being a goal. But the concept of being able to use protein, uh, sorry, carbs and fats as fuel becomes a space that allows you to switch between the two. And that becomes super helpful because when you're accessing carbohydrates, it should be in those higher threshold activities, i.e. The sprinting, the weight training, the more exercise dominant activities. But when you want more sustained, steady flow energy, when you're working, when you're focused, when you're going for a walk, you want to be, be able to tap into those energy stores and really very much fat stores. So not only are we able to burn fat as fuel in regards to nutritionally, we're able also to uh, program our body, body better at utilizing fats as fuel from our own body fat stores. Okay, And that becomes super helpful if you want to drop body fat. So an awareness of this and one that we recommend as being a very simple way to start is sticking towards less carbs or no carbs in the first four hours of the day. And if anyone, any of you have been through our five-day challenge, this will be something that you see consistent with that. If you haven't been through that, I'll drop the link below so that you can check out the five-day challenge. But an awareness of reducing, if not removing carbohydrates in that first four hours of the day gives your body an opportunity to potentially look at more of a protein and fats dominant meal, i.e. it's maybe more uh, eggs-based. You might be having eggs and meats and, and avocados and smoothies, low-fruit smoothies becomes a way to allow your body to nourish the body, get more protein into the body, but without the carbohydrates being also added in, all right? So adding that there allows us to not only utilize the fuel we're looking at better, it allows us to get the benefits of fasting in regards to tapping into fat stores without it being a detriment to our recovery and potentially hormonal status. So an awareness of, again, relevance to what we see and observationally inside our, our clients, that awareness of those three, increasing your protein intake, two, increasing your frequency of meals up to usually about four meals in the day, 
And three is an awareness of timing of nutrients throughout the day to really get your body burning the right nutrients throughout the day, sustaining and supporting the key hormones required for better fat loss and better metabolism. And over time, if you're doing this alongside all of our other recommendations around weight training, around awareness of gut health, stress tolerance and sleep, this becomes part of the avenue and the opportunity to improve your metabolic rate. Look at getting your body back on your side as we age and be in a place where you're starting to see yourself be able to do this long-term because it's something that you're adding to your life rather than taking away. It's not about constant restriction, but rather a way to create some compassion in your day around how to feel good in your own body. And when you've only got one, you might as well look after it. So hopefully that was helpful. It gave you an awareness of if you want to look at fat loss a little bit differently, you want to look at strategies and ways to boost up that metabolic rate. It doesn't have to come through restriction and that thermic effect from food is a key category from that that hopefully breaking down for you today gave you a little bit more insight into what we do inside Body Reset and a small fraction uh, of some of those steps that we look at that's outside the norm that allows you to really look at health a bit more long term. So I hope that was helpful. Uh, any questions, any I can help below, just yeah, drop, drop them below and I'm happy to answer them. If you're listening to this on the podcast, if you're listening to this on YouTube, simply get over to the Body Reset Facebook group, join in with what we're building here and any questions I can help with, I can answer them directly there as well. So hope you have an amazing week team. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the Mo. Uh, we're two weeks into November and it's growing well. The, the Mo is legendary. And we'll talk again soon. See you guys. Bye. This episode was brought to you by The Body Reset, world leaders in health and performance coaching. If you love this episode, it would be a massive help if you just share with one person that you think would benefit. I'd also love to hear from you personally on social media or via email if I can help you personally. Until next time, remember, long-term change comes from self-compassion. And thanks for tuning in.